Hallelujah. Can we just love him one more time, church? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter seven. Praise God. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse... Read from verse 9. I'll try to stay on the trail this Sunday. Verse 9, you have it, say amen. Now I rejoice, Paul writing the Corinthians said, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. You may be seated. There is a worldly sorrow and there is a godly sorrow. What is repentance? Amen. What is repentance? I guess a little girl in Sunday school class kind of summed it up for everybody. Her teacher asked this question. She said, what was meant by the word repentance? What was meant by the word repentance? And a little boy put up his hand and said, it is sorry it is being sorry for your sins. Somebody say amen to that. <laughs> I have little cue cards up here. Amen. <laughs> but the little girl piped in and kind of 
close the definition a little more tightly. And she piped in and she said, it's being sorry enough to quit. Amen. They had a cartoon in the Saturday Review of Literature. And in that cartoon, it was little George Washington as a little boy standing with the axe in his hand. Before him was lying on the ground the famous cherry tree. And he's already made his smug admission that yeah, he did it. He, he, he confessed. After all, he cannot tell a lie. But his father standing there and exasper exasperated saying, All right, you admit it. You always admit it. The question is, when are you going to stop doing it? Amen. Bible repentance is more than just being sorry for your sins. Although that's part of it, isn't it? But it comes from the Greek word metanoia, if I'm saying that right, which means a change of mind. God is looking for a change of mind and heart toward the thought process that tolerates the way of life that I'm living. I don't want to live that way anymore. Repentance is a simple change of attitude coupled with a change of action. Let me say that again. Repentance is a simple change of attitude. And I think our attitude ought to change. Coupled with the change of action. It's like the pastor in Canton, Ohio that I knew and in, in, in the 1950s. He was a gang member. And, and there was a little Pentecostal church there in Canton, Ohio. And, and there, that gang went there to go make fun of the Pentecostals and the way they worship. But something in the message, something in the service, in the presence of God began to work on that young man. Amen. And his heart began to change. And instead of making fun of the preacher, he told the other boys, stop it. Amen. He said, and listen. And, and when the preacher was done, he went up to the altar. He had a change of mind. His attitude changed toward that church. Amen. And he went and he laid his cigarettes down. He laid his brass knuckles down. And he never picked them up again. He left them on the altar. Got baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and has pastored many years in Canton, Ohio. Amen. God changed not only his mind, but his actions. That's what repentance is. It's a change of mind and actions. If you'll change your attitude towards sin, then you'll have the power to change your action towards sin. Repentance is more than apologizing. You might go to somebody and say, I'm sorry. And they'll, they might refer back, yes, you are sorry. 
And that's good to do. Amen. Because sorrow, a sorrowful heart, the Bible says, produces repentance. A sorrowful heart is not repentance, but it re produces repentance. It's the ground in which repentance can grow. What is repentance? Repentance is a change of thinking and action. Amen. And I need that to grow in. I need that. So there is a, a, a godly sorrow, but there is also a sorrow of the world that produces death. Not all sorrow is godly sorrow. Not all tears are motivated by genuine repentance. Amen. The sorrow of the world, the difference is the sorrow of the world focuses on you. While godly sorrow focuses on God. It focuses on Jesus. Lord, I'm sorry for hurting you. Amen. I'm sorry for putting you on that cross. Amen. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, the reason it produced a result of repentance, amen, was because he pricked them in their hearts when he said, you have crucified your Messiah. Amen. You hung him on the cross. Why do you say I wasn't there? Your sins hung him on the cross. Can somebody say amen to that? And it produced a sorrow in their heart. What caused them to cry out, men and brethren, what must we do? And that's when Peter said, you must repent. Turn around. Repent is an old English word, and they use it in their military. Repent. We go about face, but they go repent. Amen. It means to turn around. Can you shout amen? amen. Hallelujah. Not that sin, listen to me, sorrow of the world is only concerned about the consequences resulting from sin. Not that sin has separated me or, or separated a person from the heart of God, but that it's, man, look what I'm going through because of what I did. And, uh, and, and that's not bad in every sense if it produces a sorrow that will cause you to turn to God. When a person is concerned about how sin affects his status, his welfare, his position, his reputation, when those are the things that you're concerned about mostly, it is not godly sorrow not godly song. What about how this affected your relationship with God? Amen. Worldly sorrow doesn't really care about how sin has affected God. Because the person is self-focused. Amen. The difference in Saul and David, and the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. I've often read that and thought, well, David was, must have been a perfect man to have a heart after the heart of God. But that's not true, is it? David sinned terribly. Yeah. 
David fell awfully. Amen. He, he failed God. He sinned greatly. And not just once. He did it a couple times. Not the same sin, but he had failed in different areas of his life. He numbered Israel. He committed adultery. He committed murder even. And yet the Bible declares that David was a man after God's own heart. That's hard to digest. And yet he rejected King Saul. And it was Saul who, who would be sorry for what he did. And God rejected him. But David, he accepted. And the difference is this. Saul was always worried about how it made him look. Remember when he disobeyed God and he, he did the offering and he didn't wait for Samuel. Samuel said to wait for seven days and he refused to wait. And the seventh day came. Samuel wasn't there. And he forced himself. And then about the Amalekites, he was supposed to destroy all the Amalekites. And he saved King Agag and the animals. He kept them alive. It was twice there that he, he failed God. And, and each time where you see, he, 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 he told, he told uh, Samuel. And Samuel had said, God's taken the kingdom from you. And, and, and he's going to put another on the throne and all that. What was Saul's response to that was, don't leave me. Stay here, sacrifice me sacrifice music so that I don't look so bad in the eyes of the people he was concerned about what the people would how they would look at him and that's right when Kristen said we come here when we wear our nice little clothes and we put on our smiley little faces and we want everybody to think that we've got it all together amen but I want to tell you a lot of us don't have it all together and you know what that's okay I said, that's okay that you don't have it all together. You come to the right place where godly sorrow can produce repentance and change. I come here not because I'm perfect. I am come here because I need the body of Christ. Church is not a refrigerator where we store pious people. Amen. But it ought to be a hospital where the hurting and the imperfect and the injured can come and find restoration and healing. Oh, will you clap your hands to the Lord? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I need God as much as you need Him. I'm, a, I'm chiefest of sinners, Paul said. And I'm, I'm right there behind Paul. I don't stand up here as trying to be one that's better than anybody else. I'm a sinner. If, if, if anything, I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. I fight the same battles you fight. I wear the same flesh that you wear. And I need him. Hallelujah. And you can look at me and say, well, I've got to have a pastor that's better than you. Honey, there's a lot of churches around here. <laughs> and I'm sorry for being weak in areas. But I need him as much as you do. Now I'm not going to pretend like I don't. I need him. You need him today. Hallelujah. I want you just lift your hands and love him. Lord, we need you today. We need you today. We need you today, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was David. David, when he sinned, he sinned greatly. And when that prophet 
came to him and pointed his bony finger in his face and said, David, you're the man. He gave him that parable about the sheep and how that rich man had all these sheep and he took that poor man's one little lamb and killed it for the banquet that he was going to have. David said, that man deserves to die. Who is it? Isn't it funny how we can see other people's sins? Here we're doing much worse. Amen. We may not kill them physically, but we'll destroy their reputation. And, and Nathan, that prophet of God, you know, there's a time to be, be quiet and there's a time to speak up. I guess the wisdom in know, is knowing the difference. He said, you're the man. You took Uriah's wife. Could have had any woman in the kingdom, but you took another man's wife. You committed adultery and then you murdered. And, and what did David do? He cried out. See, it's the Word that brings conviction. If you go to church and you never get convicted from the teaching of the Word of God, I would check out the church you're going to. There's got to be times that it pierces our hearts because none of us are perfect. Amen. None of us here. Hallelujah. And it pierces my heart. And it says, I've got to change in that area. I want to change in that area. Amen. And, and, Peter, and Paul, uh, pardon me, and David, who was a man after God's own heart, he didn't make excuses. He said, it's against God. And if you read his prayer of repentance, amen, it's against God that I sinned. And he was sorry. And I don't ever read of him committing adultery again. He changed. I said he changed. See, Saul didn't change, but David did. How can I have godly sorrow? Because that produces life. That produces repentance to salvation. Godly sorrow is, again, is not repentance, but it produces it. And it produces a change in the way I think about sin. Everybody say, the way I think about sin. In other words, you need to go from liking your sin to hating your sin. I had a preacher one time, and I'm glad all the kids are out of here. And if they're, some of them just young enough, they won't know what I'm saying anyway. But he said he had a problem. He was a preacher. He had a problem with lust hard for him to go to the mall. It's hard for him to go anywhere without being tempted. And, and he said, I was just sick of myself. I, I, it, 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 the flesh, he said, had a, my flesh had a hard time. He says, and I, God, help me. Help me in this area. And he said, and I was, I was walking in the mall, and he said, there came this beautiful woman she was walking down and, and uh, not dressed modestly, if you please. And he said, there I began, began to fight. But this time, he said, the Lord had 
spoke to him and said, I'm going to show you what's really underneath all that in this sin. And he says, and the closer I got, right before my eyes, he said, she turned into this ugly, hideous thing. And he said, that's what your lust is. He said, I broke it. He said, it gave me victory. Because it let me see where my sin led to and what it really was. Amen. Sin produces death. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says. So there are those who want to pray and be free of the torment of a particular sin, but they are unwilling to change their attitude toward that sin. I'm sorry that I gambled all my money away, but I still love to gamble. They enjoy the sin, but they don't like the consequences or guilt that they feel afterwards. How many's ever been there? How many's had to fight things that it's taken you years to break? Amen. In other words, if they could still remain a Christian and still remain in their sins, they would because they enjoy it called the works of the flesh but how do I learn to hate something my flesh enjoys Paul talks about that dilemma too you know how do I learn to hate something my flesh enjoys well I believe there is a baptism of fire he said baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire or Hebrews talks about baptisms, plural. Doctrines of baptisms. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. Baptism in water. Baptism of fire. I believe it's the fire. And this is my personal. You don't have to you know, agree with me. You can be wrong. But I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> but, but there's that baptism of fire that burns some stuff out of us. Things that I've had a hard time dropping, letting drop off that God's had to burn it out of me. I mean, I didn't like the way he was burning it out of me, but yet it was cleansing me. I used to love Walmart chili hot dogs. They're chili and cheese. And hot dogs. They used to sell them there at, at the Walmart right there on 820. Used to love them. And you know, you can tell I'm not a big eater. But I wanted two hot dogs that day. I was going to indulge the flesh. And I ate two of those chili hot dogs. Only problem was... It was food poisoning. And I got sick as a dog. You talk about being delivered from chili hot dog. <laughs> I repented. I've never ate, I don't think I've ever ate another chili hot dog from Walmart again. 
Sometimes that's what's got to happen to us. Sometimes that's what it takes. God has to take us through that. Amen. And we just feel the sickness of our sin. You know, they talk about seasickness, you know. And seasickness, one man had it and, and another man tried to console him and said, Hey, look, and you, you're a Navy man. You might have got it. I don't know. But he said, he said, I've never heard of anybody dying from seasickness. He said, don't tell me that. I feel so bad I want to die. Amen. Well, sometimes you just got to get sin sick. Amen. You get sin sick that you want to die to that sin. Amen. Because why would I want to eat something and do something that's going to destroy me? Praise God. Praise God. But I need to get sin sick and that will produce repentance. I wish everything I could have said, well, the Lord doesn't like that. I need to give it up. I wish I was that pure. But there's been times he's had to take me through sickness. He's had to take me through things that have burned it out of me. And I'll tell you what, he's still working on me. Is he still working on you? Praise God, he's still working on me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, you got to first realize sin is what nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. When I think about that, 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the cross. And Isaiah 53.5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. How can I love that which puts stripes and bruises on my Savior's back? producing repentance. Amen. I'm almost done with musician. It says Jesus bore our sins in his own body. Why would I want to add more? I could learn to look at sin that way. Godly sorrow. Versus worldly sorrow. A lot of worldly sorrow. If I can just say a little prayer. Make it to heaven. It's more than that. And when I think about how does my sin affect others. Oh God, what kind of sorrow does it produce? <sighs> the crowd that day cried out, and even reading, I was just reading portion crucifixion, and the Pharisees that were among them were working the crowd up. There's people that can work you up. Work you up into a frenzy. And work that crowd up. Crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. They were shouting, crucify him. My God. It's like being in that crowd when they were wildly crying, crucify him. Do I want to partake in that? I may not stop it may not stop it. 
But by not partaking, it shows my disapproval. There are times we have to take a stand, certain situations. Say, you know what, I don't do that anymore. Thanks to Calvary, I don't go there anymore. Hallelujah. Thanks to Calvary, I don't act that way anymore. Praise God. Why? Because Calvary's produced a repentance in my heart. The question is, and I want to pose it to you as you stand this morning. Do you have worldly sorrow or godly sorrow? There's a difference. One produces death. One produces life. Paul told them, I, I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance or led to a change of mind. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces Are you only sorry you got caught? Now look, we've all been caught. And that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes that's a good thing. If it makes me sorry to repentance, to change. It's, the worldly sorrow is this I got to be more careful so I don't get caught so when mom and dad give me the car I got to be leave my cell phone at a friend so they can't track me <laughs> Your parents know all these tricks here I don't know Not sorry that, well, I just got to be more careful. I'm sorry I got caught. But a sorrow that says, you know what? I was wrong. And I want to change. It might take you a while to change. Sometimes, you know, we compare ourselves among ourselves. I've seen people, if I could just use this as an example. I've seen people come to an altar, lay their cigarettes down and never pick them up again never pick them up again but I've also seen people that come to an altar and they're sorry for their sins but they don't totally give that up till maybe a year or two later and it takes a while that's all right they're working on it I told one man that came to this church he he said I was at the point where I smoked four packs a day he said but I know it's wrong and he cut down and he cut down and he cut down. See, he was repenting. He's cutting down, but he said, 
I just can't totally give it up. I said, that's all right. You keep lifting your hands. You keep praising the Lord. You keep worshiping God. And then one day he went to a service. And at an altar, God delivered him. God delivered. He, he coughed up. Brown said, God just delivered him from it. It wasn't a pretty sight, but it was a great sight, you know. We're sorry that had to happen, but it was a sorrow that led to salvation, led to joy, led to deliverance. And he said, yet, 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 yet. He said, brother, I was still tempted to pick one up. He said, and I did. But this time it was different. He said, I picked it up. I put it in my mouth. I lit it. Took a drag. He said, and all of a sudden I was sick to my stomach. He said, it made me so nauseated. We're sorry he got sick, but it led to repentance. He said, I threw him away. I threw him out. He said, I threw him out. I think he said, threw him out the car door. Amen. And you know what? As far as I know, and I still know the man, he's never picked up a cigarette again. That's just an example. That's just an example. Amen. Let's not get into this, well, can you smoke and go to heaven and all that. You know what? He needed to be delivered from that. Praise God. I got things I need help with. How about you? This altar's open for help today. You need to repent of your sins. You need to say, God, I want to change more into your image. Hallelujah. Won't you just come forward? Let's touch the throne of God for a little bit. Asking him to help us. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Oh, God, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Father's arms are open. Oh, he's ready to receive you. Was oh, God, I praise you, Lord. The precious blood of I praise Jesus you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Was hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The blood of Jesus Christ Oh, come to the altar The Father's arms are open wide Forgiveness was bought with The precious blood of Jesus Christ Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was borrowing the precious blood of Jesus Christ.